from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The headlines from the the national media coverage of uh, yesterday's joint practice between the the Jets and the Panthers. Scrumptious. Scrumdiddlyumptious. Delicious. I I believe scrumdiddlyumptious is a direct quote from Willy Wonka. Uh, Talking about the everlasting gobstopper. We'll go with it. But Delicious. The headlines from yesterday's joint practice were were loud and clear. Aaron Rodgers was frustrated, and I love it. And I also love how, and I trust me, I get the media world, meaning Aaron Rodgers is going to be the focus of a lot because Aaron Rodgers is the focus of a lot. Like, it's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies where ESPN talks about Rodgers a lot, so then everybody knows about Aaron Rodgers, so they feel like they have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, Pro Football Talk headline after the – Joint practice from yesterday. Jets see the patience of Aaron Rodgers dissipate during joint practice with Panthers. Uh-oh. That's like a thesaurus way to say he got frustrated. His patience dissipates. ESPN.com headline. Jets sense frustration from Aaron Rodgers' offense after spotty practice. Spotty? Hmm. Spotty practice. Now, see, those... Entities, those those publications, they chose to highlight the frustration that Rodgers was feeling towards his offense, right? Kind of like, a, oh, the offense didn't play well. Oh, the offense uh, didn't live up to his expectations. He wanted more from the offense. I look at it differently. The flip side of that coin is uh, the Panthers' defense frustrated Aaron Rodgers, and that's impressive, Right? Aaron Rodgers, what is Aaron Rodgers? He's the R-E-L-A-X. Relax. That's his thing. He's on the, he's on the field with the Panthers for one morning, and every, every single organization is like, whoa, did you see how frustrated Aaron Rodgers got? That's, that's a feather in the cap of that defense. Right? Here, here's the best way to put it. Reportedly, Brian Burns was unblockable. Right, the, the everyone that was watching that field, uh, because there were kind of two different sets of of joint practices. There was one where the 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 Panthers' offense was going up against the Jets' defense, and there was one vice versa. Everyone that was watching the Rodgers' offense against the Panthers' defense field pretty mm-hmm. much said unanimously Brian Burns was pretty unblockable. And based on a couple slow motion spin moves that the team put out there on social media, looked pretty difficult to stop to me. Yeah, right. They played it in slow motion. Still looked like he was going about as fast as I could go. That shows how fast Brian Burns was putting the old uh, whoop whoop on him. Right, little go outside, duck back in the okie doke, if you will. Now, Brian Burns being unblockable. Here's the question: Is that the Jets' offensive line being bad or Burns being impressive? Well, that depends. Is that glass over there half full or half empty? That's, I mean, right, because the, the, the answer is probably both, right? My, my, it's one of the more frustrating questions that, that players get asked, and there's a great clip. I think it's probably 10 years old now, but it feels like just yesterday, of Russell Westbrook. He, Russell Westbrook, after a game, it's when he was back on the Thunder. Somebody asked him, uh, like, I, I don't know, I'll, let's pretend they were playing the Jazz. Did you win or did you lose that game or did the Jazz win that game? Yes. 
and and Russell Westbrook looks at him and he has a very expressive face, right? His his face like turned into an emoji and he was like, "What are you talking about, bro?" And and then uh you bleeps tripping. Then I'm out and he just he just left. He just well, it was one of those interviews at his locker. He, you see him like grab his keys in his phone and he's like I'm I'm out of here. You're tripping, and it's true, right? Like, oh, did this team win or did that team lose? It's like we were playing against each other. They won and we lost. Now, uh, did they play well and we played poorly? Did did we both play well? We can have that conversation, but uh, but the fact of the matter is, in a team sport, one team's gonna win, one team's gonna lose. And if if one team walks away, like you're in a, a no scoreboard situation, like joint practices, right, where you they're not necessarily, you know, there's no scoreboard keeping track of everything. Uh, if one team walks away really frustrated, that's probably the team that lost. Right? I, I mean, I think that's pretty simple. And and that goes back to, we talked with Chris Lee, WRAL-TV, also a, a co-host of the Panthers Playbook podcast along with, with, with Dennis Cox. Um, second episode out was out earlier today. That's right. It's out. Check it out on our YouTube page, 99.9 The Fan. Um, but Chris Lee was, was there and he was paying attention to the Panthers offense field, right? Following Bryce Young makes a lot of sense. And I said, who won? And he said, well, during two minute drill, Panthers scored points. The Jets did not. So Panthers, Panthers win. Rogers went, they went three and out. Three and out. Frustration. I think we've talked about it. Rogers was frustrated, right? Three and out quick. Boom, bada, boom, bada, bang. Meanwhile, Bryce Young moved him into position for a field goal. Right, the the the. I don't care how you frame it. If the Panthers' defense is on the field and the opposing team's quarterback is noticed by everyone to be frustrated and and uh, well, well how did Pro Football Talk put it? Uh, the the other team's quarterback's patience is dissipating. That's good. That's fantastic. Right, that's where uh, if it were a game, right, and and you see this more in in movies than probably in real life because mm-hmm. we don't get access to like the huddle. But that's where the coach calls in the team during a timeout during a game. Look at them, right? They're tired. They're frustrated. You have them on the edge. This is where we have to strike. Yep. Get, you know the big the big big old speech. You need like uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Coach Carter. Our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. So, okay, we're going real deep here, Coach. How about you just say they're tired, we're in better shape, they're frustrated, we're happy, let's go play basketball. No, I need Al Pacino. <laughs> right? I, I need uh, any given Sunday. Um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, frustrated. Panthers, good on you for, for making that happen, being involved in that situation. And I wish, I wish – they would have been able to play their joint practices this morning. They weren't because of the the weather. Yep. But I would have loved to have seen if that frustration could be multiplied. I know today the plan was for for the joint practice was to not be fully padded. So I think it was probably just going to be more like individual seven on sevens shells, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically helmets and shoulder pads, no full contact, that kind of thing. Because if, according to Reich, they got about eighty five plays in yesterday total between the two squads. That's which a is lot. a lot, That's which a lot, is yeah. a lot, which is the equivalent to a, a game really, when you think about it. Now, granted, you're rotating in a lot more guys over the course of that, but it's a lot of work. So I think the people who aren't complaining about no joint practice today 
people not complaining about it are the players. It's like, oh. <laughs> Definitely the uh, trenches. Definitely the trenches. Exactly. Because, like, oh, we'll just we'll go do a weight room conditioning and watch film and do a bunch of meetings. Okay, fine. And and I think the Jets may have been planning to get out there and do just a, their team-only practice mm-hmm. if they could sneak out there with the weather. But uh, but I just would have liked to, like, it, the reason why I'm, I'm really kind of upset that they didn't get to do it is if Rodgers was frustrated yesterday, I would have loved to have seen like seven on seven if the first two passes go incomplete or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just or if J.C. Horn, because J.C. Horn got an interception yesterday during the joint practices. That's right. But but it wasn't it wasn't really a J.C. Horn interception, right? He was he was defending a guy who's uh, five or six, seven, eight, ten, whatever it was, yards behind the intended target, and it got tipped, and he was Johnny on the spot, made a you know an aware play and, and snagged it. If something like that happens, and you came into the day. You know, hoping to not be frustrated like you were yesterday, that could put you over the top. And uh, putting Aaron Rodgers' frustration over the top sounds like a good time for, for Panthers defenders. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, instead of pros and cons, we do cons and cons. And, and what that means is uh, both Dennis and I are going to give you one thing we're confident in and one thing we are concerned with when it comes to the Panthers. We'll be doing this throughout the the, the year because it changes sometimes on by the hour definitely by the week uh so uh by the day let's be real by the play yeah (laughs) by the the drive the quarter uh but but we'll we'll do our best to kind of encapsulate where we are with the roster at different points in time um and actually you know what I'll, i'll start with where where i am with the roster at this point in time this your confidence or concern this is my confidence okay I'm saying it because it is it's one of those things it's like jumping off the diving board like when when you're ready you just have to go right because the longer you stand up there the more nervous you're going to get. I'm ready to say it. My confidence is Bryce Young. Okay. My confidence is the quarterback. And and I think part of it is because the you know like unflappable is one of those things that when people tell you I don't always believe it. Right, because it's it's not quantifiable, right? It's if somebody tells you they're fast and they're in the NFL. I go, all right, what they run in the combine, right? It's uh, okay. Show me, uh, you know, a defensive back getting beat by DK Metcalf and closing the gap, right? It's like tell, if you're if you're fast, I can go look at proof to see if you're fast or not. If somebody tells me you're unflappable, I'm kind of like, ooh, how am I gonna how am I gonna prove that? Well, uh, Bradley Bozeman, uh, really everybody that has interacted with with Bryce Young has been saying those types of things. And something about seeing the way he was on the field with another team, right? He was on the – everybody you know every time Aaron Rodgers walked over and talked to him that everybody was going to go, oh, snap, 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 click, 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 like all the pictures going off. And really doesn't seem like anything changes him, right? The unflappable nature – uh, which I think is maybe the most important trait in a quarterback. Somebody that can throw three picks and then go lead you on a 
you know, game-tying drive in the fourth quarter when the defense keeps you in the game, or somebody who can throw three touchdowns and then go lead you on a game-tying uh, uh, drive late in the fourth quarter when the defense gives up a whole bunch of points. I'm starting to see that from Bryce Young with my own eyes, not just having people tell me. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm in. I think I'm confident in Bryce Young right now at this point. Okay, I like it. I'm with you on it, by the way. I'm okay, all right. On Bryce Young. It's easier to jump, right? It's easier to jump off well, the bridge yeah, when I everybody mean, does it. So I mean, I'm let's glad be that real. I, I, I bought a Bryce Young jersey actually just this past weekend, so really? I'm 100% in on it. First time I bought a jersey in like forever. Dude, my, see, I have a rule rule with jerseys, or not a rule, but advice when people ask me. I go a legend who's passed away. That's a good one. Because you can't go wrong with it. You can't. You can't go wrong. There's there's no like learning that they've done something horrible. Not saying that you would expect a legend, but as long as they're alive, they could still, you know, we've seen pretty beloved, famous people over the last, I don't know, decade. Suddenly it's like, oh, whoa, not as great. Um, so I would, you know, a legend that's passed away is kind of the safest. And I mean, I don't know, like if you're a Lions fan, are you happy with your, your Matt Stafford jersey? Because he, he's obviously still a Lions legend, but mm-hmm. he's playing for another team right now. So it's a little weird. But uh, but fair. enjoy it. Just make sure you wear it while he is good, right? Make sure you, you get your usage out of it, just in case 10 years from now he goes to the Rams. My confidence with the Carolina Panthers, I'm going to go on the defensive side. Their defensive versatility. Mm. And this is the reason why I believe the additions of Justin Houston and Deion Jones at linebacker really create this. Because after Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu on the interior of the defense in terms of off-ball linebackers, there wasn't really a whole lot. Adding Deion Jones allows you to move Frankie Louvu around into multiple spots. And also, you and I talked last week about how the addition of Von Bell frees up more for Jeremy Chin to move up into the box or move up closer to the line of scrimmage and use him in multiple facets uh, throughout the defense. So that's something I really like is their defensive versatility. Plus having a experienced pass rusher with Justin Houston in just pass rushing situations opposite of Brian Burns can allow you to maybe, depending on personnel, maybe move Etor Grossmatos inside a little bit to get a little bit more of his speed against an interior offense alignment. So again, it, it gives you a lot more flexibility on what you can do defensively because of those couple of additions that you have, and you have the talent to do so. So to me, defensive versatility is something I'm confident in with the personnel on defense. And and one of my observations from camp thus far, and, and grain of salt, right, because it's camp, and, and we don't have access to watching every single part of every single practice, at least we don't here uh, in, in the triangle, right? You'd have to go up to practice to do all that kind of stuff. Um, Derek Brown, I think, is showing a decent amount more versatility. It's almost like everybody in the, the, the Panthers organization, specifically the defense, is really cross-training, right? They're... If you're, if you're a traditional run stuffer, you're spending your off-seasons getting better at pass rush moves. If you're a uh, cover safety, you're spending your off-season bulking up so you can come down into the box. Like, everybody, they're putting an emphasis on that. Derek Brown, some of the clips I've seen, I mean, this is a guy who's very good, don't get me wrong, right, and run stuffer and gigantic. Uh, but he only has, I think it's five or six sacks through his three years in, in the league. Um, he looks like he's going to, he might get six this year. Uh, if the if the moves hold up again, grain of salt. It's early, but uh, I do like that, and I do like the versatility. I'm with you. Uh, my concern, okay. Running backs. 
Okay. Um, not just Miles Sanders' injury, right? Because he tweaked his what is it? His groin, and he's he's gonna just be out a little bit. Yeah. Not, not a big worry, right? Seems Back minor. by week one, but Miles Sanders gets those things a lot, right? If if fair point. I know that he. Uh, I know this too well from fantasy, right? I've had him on my team, so I track Miles Sanders more than most. Of course. Um, there's a lot of like, he's on a snap count a lot, right? He's on a carry count a lot. He's playing, but it, they don't want to give him more than 10 carries. At least that's the way it was in Philly. Um, so it's not just the injury, but then what the injury reveals is like, oh, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear. Uh, I need Miles Sanders to stay healthy. And, and, even if he is healthy or healthy enough to play, I just think there's room to improve there. And and as any quarterback will tell you, the young quarterback, the inexperienced quarterback's best friend is a running game. So if if they have somebody they can hand it off to every game and get positive production, I think that benefits them a lot. So my concern is is the running backs and how that might impact the running game. Okay. Directly tied into that, my concern, interior offensive line depth. Because one Which of my is crazy, the, but yes, it is. But yeah. my thing I talked about confidence a couple weeks ago was the fact that the offensive line is coming back intact. Now, right guard Austin Corbett is recovering from an ACL injury that he suffered in in Week 18 against the mm-hmm. the New Orleans Saints, so he's still recovering. You still had Cade Mays that you drafted, who's getting first team reps right now at guard. Chandler Zavala. Uh, Kate Mays drafted last year. Chandler Zavala drafted this year in the fourth round out of NC State. He's been dealing with the pectoral injury. So, yeah, it's good that you've had depth. But now that depth is kind of gone at the moment. So, I don't know who's really available after that. Who's your backup center? Who are your backup interior offensive lineman right now while these guys are still recovering? Cam Irving as a, as a swing tackle I think is fine. When they're fully healthy, I love the group as a whole. But right now... Health isn't fully there on the interior. Again, I love that all five starters are back. I think that's great for Bryce Young. But if Brady Christensen goes down or Bradley Bozeman or Kay Mays goes down, I'm not sure who's ready to step in right now on the interior. So we talked about potential trades and stuff or or moves that the Carolina Panthers might make before the season. We might see a move like that for a team that has a surplus of interior lineman that might need a wide receiver like depth at receiver okay shy smith gets traded for said interior offensive lineman you you see those kinds of trades mm-hmm. happen often and and interior offensive line is one of those positions that if you acquire it's not sexy it, but if you acquire the player mm-hmm. in a in a time of desperation yeah you still like they don't go to waste after right no no one's ever said like i have too much sw- like swing guard i have too many swing guards on my roster right? yeah it's like if you bring in a veteran who just knows what they're going to do because you're like, oh, my gosh, we have a couple injuries and we, we're, we're in, in trouble. When those injured guys get healthy, it's still like, you know, I'm still pretty glad we have that guy we bro- we picked up. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes, uh, you know, a tight end or something. If your tight end gets hurt, you go get a veteran tight end. And then Hayden Hurst, if he were, if he were the one hurt, comes back. It's like, great. Now all of our tight end reps are going to Hayden Hurst and we're paying this guy. And I, I, I don't really feel like we need him. That doesn't happen on the offensive line. You're always like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm still happy he's here. And I know uh, interior O-line, it ain't a sexy thing. Look, I get it, but I want to protect Bryce Young at all costs. That's right. what this is all about, right? This is all about what this season does for Bryce and his development. Okay, making sure he doesn't get pressured up the middle and pressure in his face and passing downs. Or like you mentioned about the running game. Yep. 
Okay, you can deal with an injury at Miles Sanders at running back if your offensive line continues to open up holes. Because Chuba Hubbard can run the ball. His yards per carry is fantastic. Can't catch worth a darn. But <laughs> in terms of him running between the tackles, he's fantastic. So I'm not too too worried about that. But if your offensive line crumbles and falls apart, you have a you have a lot more concern. I'll add two points to the Bryce Young the Bryce Young thing. One, um, I saw multiple beat, beat writers who tracked all of the stats in team drills uh, thus far. Uh, Bryce Young, two passes tipped at the line, which is obviously going to be something that people people track because of his height. Two over, what are they, 11 practices in? That's fantastic. That's him doing the, the weird Drew Brees, Russell Wilson thing where they move, you know, you don't even notice. They move like a foot and a half to the left in their drop to, to slide it between hands. It's, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, you know what it is? Because I, 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 I know a few tall people. Uh, you being one of them? Not quite. Not not this tall. Uh, if there's ever a, like a place, uh, like a house with short doorways, like door, the top of doors are short, people that are like 6'8 and above can like shrug. They, they, they just kind of dip and they their top of their heads are like a half inch from the door and they do it without thinking. It's just instinctual. Bryce Young, Drew Brees, or we know Drew Brees and Russell Wilson have it. We're hoping Bryce Young has it. It's kind of the same thing. We're like, they don't really have to think about it, but they just find the holes of the, the giant guys in front of them to let their passes get through. Uh, so, yes, you need to protect him. He also has to do the the weird sensing of space and time thing to, to get the, the passes through. Um, and third, I, I mean, I, I'm in on Bryce Young. It was literally my confidence pick, like, seven minutes ago but i also guarantee you this this is a stone cold lead pipe block give it to me he's gonna get confused this year at times he's a rookie he's gonna drop back and go whoa 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 what is that right there's gonna be a safety uh that is toying with him right and it's gonna become a chess game and it's gonna be a thing and sometimes the difference between him being confused figuring it out finding the open guy and being confused figuring it as sack is just a half second from the interior, right? Does the pocket collapse or does it not? So yes, interior offensive line is something they could definitely improve. Uh, I don't know if it's my concern yet because I still like some of the guys up there and I still think Zavala and um, even Corbett could be healthy relatively early in the year. Um, but but I, I wouldn't, again, you can't have too many. I've never heard anyone say I have too many starting quality offensive yeah, linemen. I've, I've never heard a coach say we have too many good players. Yeah, let's, let's go give some of them back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's move on. Speaking of Bryce Young, and speaking of how the Panthers have been handling Bryce Young, I think it's, you know, uh, what was it? Earlier this week, I did the compare and contrast game with uh, uh, what's going on in Tampa. Like, look at look at how the Panthers have all just supported. Everybody has united for Bryce Young. And then you look at Tampa, and it's they had the or in their starting lineup, right? It was Baker Mayfield or 
Kyle Trask. And I'm going, that's where the Panthers were last year, right? Baker Mayfield in a competition with with uh, another quarterback and nobody wants to win the competition. And, and now I'm going to play that game again. Compare the support Bryce Young has given and the support he's earned to what's going on in Indianapolis where there's another top five quarterback, right? Anthony Richardson. Their depth chart came out and there's an or. It's, it's Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson starting a quarterback for the Colts. Now, they've said Richardson's going to start in the preseason game, but on their depth chart that they released, there's an or. Now, I can hear you all saying the depth charts don't matter. Even if depth charts mostly don't matter, the coach should make sure everyone knows the messaging about the quarterbacks, right? Uh, and everyone knows the messaging about Bryce Young. Right? How many times have we heard out loud the coach say he's, he's quarterback one, right? He's QB one. They use QB one more often than the Friday Night Lights uh, movie, which is, the, I mean, they say it every two seconds. Mike Winchell. If a media person comes in and asks Shane Steichen, the, the head coach of the Colts, they say, hey, uh, we're putting together the, the depth chart here. Uh, who do you want to be the first string tight end? Shane Steichen would be completely within his rights and it would be completely reasonable for him to say, I do not care. Put him alphabetically if you need if you need an answer. It does not matter to me. However, if that same media person walks in 10 minutes later and says, hey, uh, I know I told you that we're putting the, the starting lineups together or the, the depth chart together. Who do you want to be the starting quarterback? Shane Steichen should 100% say, okay, go get my offensive coordinator, get my quarterback's coach. We're going to have a quick meeting on how the messaging around the quarterback is going to go. Because quarterbacks are different. They just are. Right? You can pretend they aren't. They wear a different color jersey at practice. They are. Or is a problem. Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew is a problem. Or makes it seem like a competition. Right? Or makes something out of your control uh, important. Right? If there's a competition, Richardson might lose. And that's not good for you. That's not good for anybody. And you might say, oh, don't protect them from the competition. Mm, sorry, tough. That's the way the NFL works, right? The top five picket quarterback, you're deciding when he starts. You're not deciding when he's better than the other guys. If Minshew starts, it looks like Richardson lost that, that battle now. Even if you're just saying, no, Richardson needs a little bit more seasoning. Right? Hey, we're going to redshirt him this year. Well, you put or. So now it looks like he lost to Gardner Minshew. And that makes it look like you didn't make a good first-round pick. That makes it look like his confidence should be uh, teetering on the edge. Questioning his development. Questioning his development. Questioning his uh, uh, ability to process because he didn't complete a high percentage of his passes in in college. Like, it all goes back. If I were the Colts and and that media person came in and said, hey, we're putting together the, the depth chart. We're getting ready to release it. What do you want us to do? Guess what I'm saying? I'm getting my coordinator in. I'm getting my offensive, uh, my quarterback's coach in. I'm saying we're putting him either number one, we're either putting him as quarterback one, or I'm putting him as third string. Definitely not number two, right? Because if I put him third string, in which he would be behind Gardner Minshew and Sam Ellinger, I can say, oh, it has nothing to do with who he's better than. He's obviously better than Ellinger. 
but we put him at number three because we're redshirting him, right? That that decision is 100% about his development. It has nothing to do with who he's better than or not better than, right? We think he's better. We, we think he's better than Gardner Minshew even, but guess what? If we play him now, we think it might hurt his development a little bit. So we're just going to make sure he's not in that situation. We're going to put him third. Or you put him first and you say, hey, guess what? We're, we're starting the guy that's 6'5", 245, and runs a 4'4", because he's he's a monster and we want him on the field. Those are the options, right? And just because you put him third, this is the fun part, right? Uh, uh, one of my favorite phrases is you're not under oath at the podium. You're also not, meaning at the, the sports podium. Obviously, if you're in like a witness stand, you are. But uh, you're not under oath at the podium in sports. You're not under oath. You're not, you're not like uh, being deposed when you put out the depth chart. You can put him third on the depth chart. And guess what? If Gardner Minshew gets hurt, go to your third string quarterback. Yeah. It's it's it, there's no rules that you have to go from one to two to three. As a matter of fact, that's happened. Go back to I don't know, what year was uh, Carson Wentz drafted? Twenty eight. Okay. It, fe- it feels like he he he's been around a while. I would have said like nineteen ninety four. Uh his rookie year. The starter, people are going to, this is going to be like a, just a blast from the past. There was a year that the Eagles had starter going into preseason. It was starter Sam Bradford, second string Chase Daniel, third string number two overall pick Carson Wentz. That was the depth chart. Then Sam Bradford got hurt, and guess what they did? They would, they skipped Chase Daniel and went straight to Carson Wentz, and he went on to you know almost be an MVP before the wheels fell off. By the way, according to good old Wikipedia, which is 100% factual. Always. He was born in Raleigh, Carson Wentz. Car- I did know that. Yeah. I, I did know that. I kind of forgot about then that. Then he ran away to the Dakotas. Yes, because one does. Sure. Th- I'm but sure it was 2016. Very, that's a very draft. commonly followed path from – from Raleigh to the to the Dakotas, uh, and then eventually to Philly, and then to Indy, and then to Washington. Washington, and now to all three. Did you see that picture he posted? No. He posted a picture of him working out. He had a um, a Colts helmet on, a I think it was a Washington jersey, and an Eagle shorts. So he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm working out for everybody." Uh, but I I just say that for for the comparison, right? The Colts are throwing an oar up there with Gardner Minshew. I don't even think the media had to walk into the media people, the PR people, whoever, the communications staff, even had to walk into the 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 Panthers' coach's office to say, hey, who do we want to be number one quarterback? Right? They probably just wrote Bryce Young and moved on with their day. That is – the message being united, that is everyone being on the same page with your your quarterback's development. That is, like, there is an all-hands-on-deck element for Bryce Young. That doesn't feel like it's there for some of the uh, other quarterbacks that are are being tossed the keys to the franchise, right? Anthony Richardson doesn't feel like it's the all-hands-on-deck thing. There's probably some that are going, you know, I think we'd win games with Gardner Minshew, right? Think of how Sam Howell's being treated, and I know that's not the same because he's a fifth rounder and he's going into a second year and it's the whole different situation. But does it feel like the whole organization is uniting behind that guy? No. And I think his job is more difficult because of it. Ron Rivera is telling us, uh, don't sleep on Jacoby. Do you, can you imagine how foolish it would sound 
if Frank Reich walked to a podium and said, hey, don't sleep on Andy Dalton? Or Matt Corral. Don't don't sleep on Matt Corral. Don't sleep on Jake Luton, fourth string quarterback. Oh, good old Jake. Don't sleep on him. Can't wait for that third preseason game. No, it's like, well, if you're going to, yeah, can't wait for the third. That, that's where the, the kick returners make their money. Uh, third, The third preseason game is they should do a whole whole documentary just on the third preseason game. Um, but I, I just say all of it to say this. Uh, be happy, Carolina Panthers fans, that Frank Reich has been through this a time or two. Right? Be ha- And by the way, Frank Reich was on that staff that had Carson Wentz third and then jumped him to first. That's right. Right? He understands that that the moment they drafted Bryce Young, it became about supporting Bryce Young. It didn't become about making Bryce Young uh, compete. It didn't become about, oh, can we win the most? We drafted him. He's our guy. Let's go all in. Anthony Richardson's over there trying to convince everybody he's their guy. And that's not fair to Anthony Richardson. If you weren't convinced by his combine performance, I don't know if you're ever going to come around. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. Uh, please check out our YouTube page, 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Uh, subscribe while you're there. Check out the videos and uh, and like and comment and all those sorts of things. We're over 5,000 now. Over 5,000 subscribers. You want to be a part of that party? Yeah. You, you want to be part of the cool kids? Get us uh, to six. Yeah, get us to six. Get us to 50. Why 50,000. Why not? Um, but, but seriously, while you're there, I, you know, I know I've been going in and, and reacting and, and commenting, Likewise. uh, and, and I know Dennis has as well. There's a new edition of, of Panthers playbook. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going to our YouTube page. So, uh, please like, and subscribe while you're there. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.